You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking Rates and Lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed, and you are listening to the Rates and Lanes podcast. Welcome back after. An unexpected two-week hiatus. Uh, we have been out here running around the country, and unfortunately in some spots we do not have uh, very good Wi-Fi coverage. So that kind of limits our abilities from time to time to be able to bring the show to you every week like we would like to do. But uh thought I'd just give you guys the synopsis of why we were gone those uh, two weeks. We didn't forget about you, and we weren't trying to avoid you. But unfortunately, like we say, this is real live trucking. As a matter of fact, I think we could probably start a reality show. I think sometimes when me and Kenny and, and uh, we get t- sitting around and comparing notes sometimes about some of the chaos that actually goes on before, after, and during the show, I think if we had live cameras on, we probably would have a hit reality show series going on. If some of you guys could just see some of the stuff that we, uh, when trying to maneuver and pull this thing off, some of the hoops and hurdles that we have to try to jump through to make this thing happen. As a matter of fact, speaking as right now, I'm stalling just a little bit. i got to get to a parking spot, uh, drop the trailer off to get loaded, and... Um, we're out here working, ladies and gentlemen. We're out here working. But tonight we're going to cover, i got some things we're going to cover. And as a matter of fact, we're going to be joined by uh, our esteemed uh, mentor of the show, Mr. Chuck Stowe, will be joining us tonight. Uh, as a matter of fact, Chuck, if you're on the line, go ahead and press the number one. That way I can kind of see you at the top of the page uh, when we try to bring you up and on board with us. But we're going to cover, we're going to get into... Uh, our new segment that we added to the program, we're going to uh, alert you about brokers that are having some credit issues and that have been uh, their authorities have been revoked and, and credit risk out here when it comes to moving some freight. So we're going to bring you that information here in just a second. Also, we're going to um, go into our USDA fruit and vegetable report a little bit. We're going to touch on that to kind of give you guys some areas if you're moving that type of freight, some things that you should be looking for, some areas that you might want to be running into. And, of course, we're going to jump into the weekly trend lines for this week, or actually for the previous week, uh, from DAT. And that's going to be coming to you straight away here in just a second when you finally reach our parking space. Without any further ado, let's see if we can pull up and get this information here from... uh, USDA, and also we want to try to go ahead and get the trend line report up and on board for you guys. We're going to try to have uh, all this information posted on the uh, Rates and Lanes Facebook page for you, so you'll have that at your availability as well. And this week, looking at the uh, USDA trend lines, I mean, not, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm combining the two reports. Looking at the USDA fruit and vegetable truck rate report, we have a actual good showing of a slight shortage for the first time in a long time showing at the Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona. So reefer and, and um, produce haulers, that is that, that, that should send your 
antennas up just a little bit. And the USDA report, it's a uh, um, we don't rely on this so much for rates. We try to rely on this uh, information that comes from the USDA report primarily to let us know um, where it might be a good area as far as the loads to truck ratios are concerned. And when anytime they're reporting a slight shortage, we want to try to uh, that might be a good place position our equipment to be able to get and take advantage of some good rates coming out of that area. So Mexico crossing through Nogales, Arizona, is the first thing that highlighted on the report showing that there's a slight shortage. Every other market is showing an adequate supply of trucks. Uh, we have uh, a couple of markets, Minnesota, North Dakota, Red River Valley, is showing a slight surplus of trucks, so that place you might want to uh, kind of be a little bit leery of. And we have surplus trucks in San Luis Valley, Colorado, Central and South Florida. In Florida in general, we have surpluses in those areas as a whole, and I can definitely vouch for that because I just came out of Florida once again. Um, so that kind of wraps up the USDA report. We'll put a link of that up on the uh, Rakes and Lanes Facebook page, and you can take a look at that. And the report gives you detailed information about what is actually moving in certain areas so that you'll know um, what type of freight to be looking for coming out of that area, what type of produce is actually moving in those areas. It gives a detailed report on that. gives some rate information, but uh, this is a free report, so you have to be a little bit careful and a little bit leery of what's the information that you receive for free. So you want to be careful about trying to hold fast and firm to the rates that are reported on this particular report because uh, they are very ambitious at best, and, and, and that's putting it mildly. Uh, most of the people that I've talked to that tried to use these rates have no, never come nowhere near close to what the rates are showing for this particular report. Moving on and jumping on over into the US, the uh, DAT trend lines report for the week of the March 27th through April 2nd, low postings increased 11% as shippers rushed freight out the doors as the close of the first quarter came in. Van rates added a penny, flatbed rates rose four cents per mile, and reefer rates trends were mixed with national averages unchanged. So let's dig in and look at a little bit deeper on this report, and let's check out to see how the U.S. national van demand and capacity performed over the week of March 27th through April the 2nd. Van load postings jumped 16% last week, and truck postings decreased 6%. That resulted in a 23% increase in the load-to-truck ratio from jumped from 1.6 loads per truck up to 1.9 loads per truck, which is not really knocking the cover off of the ball, uh, but, it, but any kind of uptick in this report is a welcome. Uh, the national average van for rates, the national van rate rose one cent compared to the previous week uh, at this same time last month. Van load postings increased 29% in the month of March compared to February. Truck postings increased 9%, which boosted the load-to-truck ratio 18% from 1.4 up to 1.6 loads per truck. Compared to March of 2015, the ratio is down by 53%. Jumping over into 
the U.S. ban rates for the week of the 27th through the April 2nd. National average van rates rose one cent up to $1.57 per mile for dry vans. Outbound rates rose in both the Chicago and Los Angeles markets. The national average fuel price was at $2.12 per gallon. That is an unchanged rate at, for the uh, national average fuel rate. Taking a look and going around the country, starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States, we have Philadelphia, Pennsylvania checking in on the report showing an average rate for dry vans coming out of that area at $1.64 per mile. Down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checking in for dry vans showing an average rate at $1.73 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, Chicago, Illinois, the representative city showing $1.77 per mile on average coming out of the Midwest. Moving down into the south-central portion of the United States, Dallas, Texas checks in showing an average rate for dry vans at $1.52 per mile. Moving out west on the left coast, actually setting the high water mark for dry vans this week, coming out of the City of Angels at $1.82 per mile on average for dry vans, which is looking pretty good coming out of the west coast. Jumping over into the U.S. flatbed demand and capacity report for the week of the 27th through April 2nd, flatbed low volumes jumped 12% and the capacity decreased 10% last week, resulting in a 23% increase in the load-to-truck ratio. The national average flatbed rate increased $0.04 cents per mile last week and, let's see, this time last month, flatbed load postings rose 66% in March compared to the previous month. Capacity dropped 1%. As a result, the load-to-truck ratio for the month rose 68% from 10.4 loads per truck up to 17.5 loads per truck. Compared to the month of March, the ratio was up 7%. Moving on and checking and seeing how flatbed rates performed over the previous week, flatbed spot market rates increased $0.04 cents last week to a national average of $1.91 per mile. The load-to-truck ratio rose 23% up to 22.1 loads per truck, which is good welcoming news for flatbeds and step decks. Uh, in the, with flatbeds and step decks, the closer that we can get that uh, load-to-truck ratio number up closer to 30, 30 is about the really good benchmark, You want, and it sounds crazy, but 30 loads per truck when it comes to flatbeds, that really puts uh, the carriers at a power position when it comes to negotiating, especially on the spot market. That number, the load-to-truck ratio, that number for dry vans is somewhere about around the, the three, or four, uh, three or four loads per truck for dry vans. Once we get that number up closer to that three or four uh, area when it comes to dry van, that puts the carrier back in the strong negotiating position where you can just about demand uh, whatever number that you want. And for reefers, that load-to-truck ratio number, when we're talking about these DAT numbers, that number is going to be closer to about five or four uh, loads per truck. When it gets to, when the reefers get to five to four loads per truck, then that puts the refrigerated carriers in the power position when it comes to negotiating. 
just uh, going back over that, we, we kind of touched on that a, a good bit before, but I know we always are gaining new listeners, so we just want to kind of touch back on that information so that they have that in their arsenal as well. Uh, speaking of reefers, let's jump in and see how they were performing over the 27th, March 27th, April 2nd. Reefer load postings increased 3%, while truck postings fell 2% last week. As a result, the load to truck ratio rose 5%, up from 3.1 up to 3.2 loads per truck. The national average reefer rate remained unchanged at $1.82 per mile. This time last month, uh, and I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, let me go back. Did I get into the uh, rates for flatbeds? I don't think I covered the rates for flatbeds. I thought I just... I might be losing it a little bit here. <laughs> Let's see if, if if I can get my uh, computer to uh, cooperate with me. Moving really slow. Well, we'll just stick with the uh, reefers for right now. Reefer load postings this time last month increased 19% in March compared to the previous month, and truck postings rose 12%. As a result, the load-to-truck ratio rose 6% from 3 up to 3.1 loads per truck. Compared to the demands of March of 2015, the ratio is down by 65%. Now let's see if I can go back and get the uh, rates for flatbeds. I didn't give you guys the flatbed rate information. Flatbed spot market rates increased $0.04 cents last week to a national average of $1.91 per mile. The load-to-truck ratio rose 23% to 22.1 loads per truck starting out in the northeastern portion of the United States. Uh, flatbeds, and this is setting the high water mark for flatbeds coming out of Harrisburg, showing an average rate of, at $2.96 per mile. Moving down into the uh, southeastern portion of the United States, Atlanta, Georgia checks in, showing an average rate for flatbeds at $2.03 per mile. Moving into the Midwestern portion of the United States, Rock Island, Illinois, checks in showing an average rate at $2.13 per mile. Coming out of the South Central region of the United States, we have Houston, Texas, showing an average rate of $1.75 per mile. And coming out of the West Coast, also out of Phoenix, Arizona, we have $1.75 per mile on average on the spot market for flatbeds coming out of that area. Now, we gave the reefer demand report. Let's see how the reefer rates were performing, and then we'll see if we can get our guy, Chuck Snow, up and on board with us. I see him sitting there. He's waiting, chomping at the bit to join us as well. Uh, reefers. Reefer rates were unchanged on the spot market, holding steady at a national average of $1.82 per mile. Demand increased, leading to a 5% boost in the national average of loads to truck. Um, coming out of the northeastern portion of the United States, we're showing reefer rates out of Elizabeth, New Jersey, averaging $1.63 per mile. Down into the southeastern portion of the United States, Lakeland, Florida checks in, showing an average rate for reefers at $1.37 per mile. Moving up into the Midwest, and as always, leading the charge, Green Bay, Wisconsin, for reefers, showing an average rate uh, at $2.45 per mile. 
down in the Rio Grande, looks like we're starting to make some strides in the south-central portion of the United States. Gallon, Texas, checks in, showing reefer rates coming out of there at $1.80 per mile. Moving on over to the west coast, also another hotbed for produce. Coming out of Fresno, California, we're showing average rates for reefers coming out of California. And Fresno is the representative city at $1.86 per mile. Uh, and I have one more report that I need to get to you guys. I've jumped around and moving and the mix of stuff, and that was we were supposed to try to get to this uh, credit report for brokers. And let's see if I can pull that information really quickly because that's also important if you're working on the spot market. Don't want to... Uh, become a victim, uh, having problems getting in, getting my report to come up. i tell you what, let me, get, let me go and grab Chuck real quick, and we may come back to that report before the show is over with. Let's see if we got Chuck here up and on board with us. Mr. Snow, are you there? I certainly am. All righty, all righty. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and chit-chat with us a little bit. How are things going up there? our neighbors to the north. Well, uh, everything's covered in snow again, but uh, other than that, you know what? Freight is moving. Um, lots of stuff happening. It's springtime. You're hearing things, you know, how the flatbed rates are going up and uh, reefer, you know, reefer shipments are increasing, um, volumes are increasing, rates are increasing. So, you know, it's getting a little bit better. Um, as I always say this time of year, the ice usually starts to break in March or April in the trucking business, and that's what's going on. So, you know, I'm glad to hear that things are reaching some level of normalcy this year. Absolutely, yeah. Things are starting to take a turn for the better. Um, and and I'm, I'm really uh, surprised that we're not seeing a lot of – it still it looks like things are starting to move in the right direction with you as far as the freight – but the rates are still really slow to follow. Um, and one of the things that we kind of we, we touched bases a little bit earlier, and we were talking about, uh, you know, I've been, been kind of commenting back and forth on a different blog. They've been, uh, the tension's been a really hot bed issue once again, as it always is. And uh, just thinking, trying to think outside of the box as far as, a guy that's trying to build his fleet or whatever, uh, and we were talking about it, I think that one of the ways that we would offset some of the issues with the tension, there's still probably going to be a problem, uh, but we need to probably go to maybe having more traders doing, trying to get into a more of a drop trailer situation and, and going after some contract rates versus uh, some of the stuff that we still have been doing as far as just the one-truck, one-trailer model. I, I agree. I think that we need to. Um, I think that we need to do that. I think that that's the safest way to protect ourselves is to enter into the contract arena uh, because we're in for you know we're in for a lot of changes with uh, electronic logbooks and things like that. Um, I think it, you know shortage of drivers. There's uh, there's certainly. You know, whether you have one driver or, or 30, they're, they're certainly harder to get, harder to keep. Um, and I think if you can afford to, you know, to take a look at your business and 
change it up a little bit and do it more, you know, uh, on a contractual basis. And again, it goes back to something you and I have talked about frequently in private and on this show about building your business that way. You know, it's next to impossible to build your business by being a nomad and sending your truck, you know, we used to call it gypsying. Um, and, you know, whether you have one truck or 10, but if they're, if they don't have any particular route, your business really, when you go to sell it at some point is not going to be worth a whole lot of money. And you're going to have a tougher time than somebody that's got, as we'll call a semblance of order. And he has a couple of customers and he goes from point A to point B. And again, to get efficiency, as long as you're getting paid for it, you can drop trailers, what you have to watch. And, uh, and I've lived this nightmare with drop trailers. Make sure you get paid for it. There is a cost to having drop trailers. There's, first of all, you have your payment cost. And then even if the trailer is paid for, you still have your maintenance. You still have to do tires. You have whatever your maintenance program is for your particular fleet, whether it's a 90-day check or, or whatever, you still have to do that, and it costs money. So just remember to allocate X number of dollars. I know that if somebody asks me to drop a trailer, um, I figure it's a minimum of $100 a week, minimum, to drop that trailer. And I think that an awful lot of the, uh, the larger carriers are going to that uh, in order to fight the driver shortage and that's why the build time is so long. I was talking to my rep from utility, and he was telling me that six month, there's a six-month waiting period you know, until orders he gets now are being, uh, are being built. Uh, I don't think the same can be said for tractors, but certainly for trailers. And I think that's, you're right, Rico, that's how you're going to gain leverage in this environment is to be able to, uh, to drop trailers, but again, you got to get paid for it. And you know, one of the things that you and I spoke about before is some of the worst hell holes that we all load in that take so long to get loaded. And and I'm talking about those places where normally a uh, a normal shipper could put that load of 24, 26, or 30 pallets on a trailer in perhaps uh, an hour, maybe even hour and a half or two hours on a bad day takes these people six and seven hours. And those places usually take so long because they're in antiquated facilities and they're not organized and they usually don't have any extra shipping doors. So those are the ones you got to watch because you're not, you could, you know, you, you're not going to be able to solve the problem with those type of customers um, by dropping trailers. So you've got to really be careful. And when you do offer to drop trailers, make sure you charge for it. That's one, uh, that's one lesson I took from a Canadian man that started out as a, uh, a driver and small fleet owner that became a multi-multi-millionaire and developed a company up here called Contrans and eventually sold it out. But I remember talking to him about eight years ago and on his dry van business, his ratio of truck to trailer was one to one. He said he just avoided getting into the situation of having dropped trailers. However, that was a different era. And I think today, if we are going to 
deal with the the hours of service laws uh that's probably a great way to to fend off the uh the problems associated with delays getting loaded and the the number of hours that we're allowed to work in a day if if you don't mind Chuck, it and for everybody that's listening in and and if this is something you know, if you have an opportunity to maybe get with a local rental company or something like that to maybe supplement your your, your trailer, uh, but but help us help us unpack and kind of come up with the how would you charge price structure? While you say that there's a cost associated with that, just kind of you know maybe help us understand that a little bit better if you if you don't mind. Well, I always figure um, it roughly costs me a hundred dollars a week for a trailer. Whether it, you know, that's just, that's not it ruling. That's just the cost of the asset. Now, of course, if, you, if you're buying a 10-year-old trailer or a 15-year-old trailer, and there's some good old stuff around that people have taken care of, and some of the fleets want to get rid of them. I just sold a bunch of, believe it or not, uh, 90, well, some of them were 97s and 98s and 99s we had kicking around for years. And they were roadworthy, you know, and they always have been. They've never been out of service. So, you know, you can pick up a decent trailer for $5,000, but you still, have a, uh, you still have a cost of maintaining it. So put a cost on that, whether you, you're supplying the trailer yourself or you have to go to, um, you know, extra lease or somebody, and call it 400 bucks a month for a trailer just to sit there. And, yeah, if you only paid $5,000 for the trailer, make a little bit of money on it. It's not illegal. You're doing the right thing. You're getting your return on your asset. And, you know, on that $5,000 trailer, you may have to fix something on it. And it's going to cost you money. So factor that in. So charge, you know, put an internal cost of, let's say, that's $100 a week. And if somebody wants trailers dropped, that's, that's what it costs. And if, the, if you can't afford to do that with that particular lane or that customer, then you really can't afford to have that customer. You know, it's, it's high time we stop giving stuff away in our industry, that we are, you know, we're our own worst enemies. Amen. And we can't be impossible. Um, you know, I, I couldn't sleep last night, and I had a, a real bad case of insomnia. I uh, actually went to sleep and woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning, and I put on that show, Shipping Wars. And I could not believe the buffoonery that I saw on that show. It gives all of us a just a horrendous reputation. I, I cringed lying in bed at 3 or 4 o'clock this morning, because there was nothing else on, by the way. That's why I chose watching it. I, I think I saw the... Um, CNN report on the uh, on what happened in Wisconsin uh, with Trump losing his position, and I think I saw that about three or four times, and I got sick of the uh, the rewind of the tape, uh, so I just put on the only thing on at that time of day really was or night was shipping wars, and you know when you see how those people act, that's not how we should act. You know they're uh, they're condescending towards customers, they're they're careless, they don't know their pricing. Um, they, their equipment is um, is sometimes not very good, et cetera, et cetera. I think we could all go to the bank 
uh, and take a lesson on how not to run a trucking business is watching those guys on there. Um, it just gives us an awful name. Uh, I was actually embarrassed, you know, lying there watching it, thinking that, and I thought, these are not my people. These are not the, you know, the Rico and, and the Kevins and all the rest of the wonderful people that I know through Let's Truck and through other professional affiliations I have. Um, you know, I haven't dealt with people like that in, you know, almost 40 years, nor do I want to. So they're certainly not representatives. But again, getting back to, we need to charge for what we get, uh, for what we're giving. Um, it's very, very difficult to maneuver through this uh, detention thing because nobody wants to pay for it, especially when you have produce. Um, the the produce guys don't want to pay for it. The the brokers don't want to pay for it. Uh, they can't afford to because they're not getting reimbursed from the customer. And until that changes, I think that you know we just have to govern ourselves accordingly. And it's not I don't know what to do. There's no answer for this from the asset side and how we handle this. Um, what seems to happen quite often, uh, first of all, it starts at the produce sheds where freight isn't ready, and if they tell you it's ready uh, and you pulp it, you know, that somebody's trying to give you hot freight, and you certainly don't want to take that, so you make them put it back in the cooler, and that happens. Uh, I don't know how many listeners out there are, are playing the produce game, but that seems to be more prevalent in the heat of the summer in California and places like that where energy is expensive and these guys really don't want to cool off the load if they can get away with it. But I'm going to warn everybody out there, every one of those produce sheds that you load at has either hot freight or bad freight sitting on their dock. And they're waiting for some driver to back up to a door and not pulp his load. And that's going to be their victim. And they're going to put either hot freight or bad freight on your trailer. You're going to end up with a freight claim. So everybody out there, listen to that, what I just said, and make sure you're on that dock and you're pulping those skids as they're going on. You'll get a whole new line of respect from those shippers. But again, getting back to the, yeah, to the detention uh, side of things, when you get to your delivery point, quite often, if you've got a load of grapes or broccoli and that distribution center is sitting with, you know, 10 loads of broccoli in their cooler, they don't want to take you. They want to use your reefer as a cooler. And I've seen some of these places keep drivers for 24 hours. And they don't want to pay for that. And that's... And it's just, a, just to give everyone an opportunity that's listening in. We got a, quite a few callers on the line. If you have a question for Chuck or myself, you can go ahead and press number one and you get a chance to participate. We always welcome your participation, uh, especially when we have our mentor, our our resident mentor on board with us. So if you got a question for Mr. Chuck Snow, uh, CEO of Traffics, Chuck has a nice size asset-based trucking company based out of Canada and also Traffics is the oldest brokerage company in the Canadian, uh, up in Canada, so he can kind of put on both hats. And if you got questions pertaining to anything, uh, you know, Chuck can pretty much cover the gamut when it comes to either the brokerage, broker side and also the asset-based trucking side. So he brings a wealth of knowledge and information to us here 
So please take advantage of it. Press number one, get a chance to get in and get your question in if you have one for Chuck or myself. Just wanted to get that out there, Chuck. Um, okay, good idea, Rico. So, so the broke as far as when it comes to this whole detention issue, like you're saying, it's really, ooh, it's really going to be really tough sledding for us to really get some to get the needle to begin to move in a positive direction. And and, and I don't think that most drivers and shipping, uh, uh, well, put it this way, most asset-based carriers, we would rather be moving freight. I mean, we make more money moving down the road than sitting at a dock anyway. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think it's. It's, it's not a it's not a, a, a situation where where you're looking at tension as a profit center, but it, it's just something as a some there has to be some type of a checkmate, uh, you know, a check there when when dealing with certain shippers, and uh, you know, and of course when you're dealing with reefers, you know, the, the notorious one that I always the one that I always hate dealing with is when you're dealing with the chicken, the chicken. Uh, Dealing with fresh chicken, good God Almighty! Now you talk about being held hostage. Um, that 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 one right there, dealing with the fresh chicken is is absolute murder. The same as dealing with, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, you know, dealing with any type of protein can be can be difficult. Uh, we had a, you know, I we had a shipper years ago, um, and it was frozen baked product. And there was no reason. His bloody truck would sit there a whole day. Um, you know, it, it just it makes no sense sometimes. And I think that if you know, if the shortage of drivers does come into fruition the way it's playing out to to be, I think that you know this may change. Um, I think then, as an industry, we can start being a little bit more selective. And those shippers and receivers that choose not to load you in a timely fashion and don't have respect for the uh, for the carriers that service them aren't going to get served. And and when they do get served, they're going to get served with the bottom of the barrel carriers. And I think that the the better carriers out there, whether they're large or small, are going to be able to hold themselves in a higher esteem and be able to refuse that freight. Right, right. And I, I, and I think that hopefully that we may be able to get, to begin to get the industry to move towards, um, you know, getting things back in order. Um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not exactly quite sure how in the world things ever got so far out of whack anyway. Um, you know, how, how, how brokers were just able to come in to the industry and, and kind of turn it, turn it on its ear and make it so that, you know, the service provider doesn't even have, is, is not really involved so much in the uh, negotiating aspect of when it comes to contracts and everything, you know, they send you your, they send you their contract instead of you sending them your contract. You know, that that's always kind of been, something that stuck in my crawl from the very beginning when I when I first got into this industry. I never understood why is it that they're sending me their my their information but I'm not sending them mine. And I think that, you know, and when I started the whole process of trying to put out my rule circulars and, and trying to uh you know put out my uh uh you know, I got a little bit I, I would get pushback whenever I would try to uh well, well, I'm extending you credit as a broker 
you need to fill out a credit application, you know what I'm saying, so that if you don't pay me in a timely manner, then I have some kind of remedy to where I can charge late fees or whatever. I mean, but, but, but I think, you know, I don't understand why that's so, uh, there's so much pushback whenever you try to um, run your business like an actual business and do those types of things when it comes to dealing with uh, so much of the status quo in the marketplace when you're dealing with brokers. You know, Rico, you, you make a lot of sense in that. And, again, it's, it's our own problem as an industry. We set, as an industry, we set the bar. Um, you know, you say, I don't know where this, your statement was, you know, I don't know where we went wrong. Well, really, I hate to say it because I was a huge uh, proponent. I was a big believer in deregulation. And, you know, and this was back over 30 years ago when we pushed for it and we deregulation happened in the United States before it did in Canada. But when we deregulated this industry, we went from, I don't know, maybe there were uh, 5,000 licensed uh, carriers in the U.S., maybe there were 10,000, to I think I heard Kevin Rutherford say something like there were 700,000, and my number may be off, uh, licensed motor carriers in the United States. And that's the, that's the issue. There are so many of us in this industry. And we don't, uh, the, the trucker that, especially those truckers that aren't doing anything special, that are, um, they're, they're uh, nomadic as far as what they're doing, or, or they don't have tight lanes, uh, they're really, um, they're, you know, they get into places and they're willing to take anything. So they're totally outside their comfort zone and they're desperate for loads. I've been there. Uh, everybody listening has probably been there. Um, and we'll settle for less. Now, I know that as a carrier uh, and as a broker, when I, I'm going to do business with a customer, and I'm not talking about a brokerage house, I'm talking about an actual shipper, we, have a, uh, we need a customer profile filled out. Well, we need, it, we need to know about them because we have a thing called CTPAT, um, which carriers across the border or Hull Automotive have to do. And uh, that's one thing. But we need to know, and we've done this even before uh, joining CTPAT, we wanted a customer profile filled out because we wanted to know who they were, and then we wanted a credit application. And we've become very, very strict with credit applications. Now, even to this day, um, we'll send a credit application to large companies they may sign it, they won't fill it out, and then they send us theirs that is complete with all the information that we need. But they will sign ours. But, you know, when you have, uh, when you have one of 500 trucks that's sitting in Miami, Florida, or uh, Jacksonville, Florida, or wherever, and there are three loads, beggars can't be choosy. And we do that to ourselves. And I remember, you know, when I got into this game, uh, if you wanted to do business with a carrier, he sent you his documentation, and you had to fill it out according to his standards. And it was, it was his sandbox, and it was his game, and you had to play it. And what's happened and, here and is we've reversed rules. 
and I was saying that to say to kind of segue us back into um, I was going to give out the uh, credit information a little earlier, and I didn't get a chance to, and we and we kind of missed a couple of shows. So I wanted to give this information out real quickly. I think it's kind of important, especially if you're out there dealing on the spot market. And, and I tell you, this list is wrong. Uh, since we've started doing this, it's it's not uh, every. It seems like every week there are three or four different uh, trucking companies or brokers that are added to this list. So uh, definitely want to get this out there. Watch your accounts payable at this time, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure that you don't have anybody extending you out more than the uh, agreed upon terms that you you know agreed upon in your contract. Um, first company NS Logistics MC number four zero three eight two nine. Trust fund canceled over $12,000 in non-payment complaints reported. Uh, tenant truck lines, MC number 146754, over $44,000 in non-payment truck, uh, non-payment complaints. Uh, Bear Creek Transportation, LLC, as of 325.16, this broker, MC number 607355 has over $75,000 in bond claims according to their bondholder. Royal Note Trade, the FMCSA, is not showing a bond cancellation date as of this posting, but the broker has secured a new surety bond through Platte River Insurance Company, but they are noting that this company is an extreme risk to haul for. Um, 3-30-2016, Stay Fresh Distributors, Inc. Shipper, this is a shipper, Stay Fresh Distributors, Inc out of Brooksville, Florida. Uh, phone number 352-593-4929. No broker authority or bond over $9,000 in uh, payments reported. This is an extreme risk shipper. This is an actual shipper. Uh, so there pretty much is, you're going to have to fight that one out in court, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, because there's no bond to file on when you're dealing with the direct shipper. Good luck with that one. Uh <laughs> Value Line Transportation Inc. or Value Line Transport, MC number 798483, over $19,000 in non-payment complaints reported to um, surety bond is canceled. The broker also has same ownership in two other brokerages as follows. Ooh. Value Line Logistics, MC number 941067, and Value Line Freight Services, MC number 887. Six nine six. So this is some of the stuff, you know. I, and I'm not done, but I'm just, you know, just kind of. This is some of the stuff that new guys and even some of us veterans out there, we gotta always be cognizant of when we're dealing with somebody. We're making sure that we're doing our credit checks before uh, hauling these people's uh, freight just off of, like Chuck was saying, beggars can't be choosing. Hey, we think we're getting, you know, one of the classic things. If it's too good to be true, you're getting a really good rate for something that you, your antenna might need to go up. Um, Lee's Loading Service, LLC, MC number 419-839, over $12,000 in non-payments reported. Uh, Williamson Enterprises, Freight Forwarder, MC number, and I know for, they're, they're, that's another thing. Uh, maybe one of these days I might have to, I think when we maybe get seating on, we might have to talk about the differences between brokers and forwarders and different things when it comes to actually, uh, um, I know that the things can can get a little bit different. We're trying to get your money back from different uh, from different, whether it be a forwarder, whether whether it be a, uh, a shipper, or whether it be a broker. 
Uh, might need to get into and get into the technicalities of that. But this is a freight forwarder MC number FF10225. Surety bond scheduled for cancellation as of 42816, nearly $14,000 in non payment complaints right now. They are showing this, uh, this particular forwarder as an extreme risk. Nationwide Truck Lines, LLC, MC number 945. 764. FMCSA shows trust fund counseled on 4316, over $7,000 in non payment complaints. Uh, all Freight Logistics, and this is spelled A L L R F R E Logistics Inc., MC number 458220, over $6,000 in non payment complaints have been reported. Our Specialty Transportation Services LLC, MC number four, uh, MC number six four two eight two one. That's six four two eight two one. FMCSA shows trust fund scheduled for cancellation on four eight nine four eight sixteen over forty nine thousand dollars in non payment reported. Extreme risk with this purse with this uh, particular broker. Also, Jade Freight Services, MC number 527673, FMCSA shows trust fund canceled over $50,000 in non-payment complaints reported. So this is, that, that, that wraps up the list for this week. Uh, and this, like I said, this list grows every week. It's, it's amazing, you know, every week there are three or four people that's added to this list. So um, it's tough all over out there, guys, but make sure that you are not one of the ones that, that, that gets caught up in uh, hauling somebody else's stuff for free and that you're not uh, providing your services for nothing. Uh, so make sure that you're when you're dealing on the spot market that you're doing all of your checks and balances, that you're making sure that you are getting, uh, you're, that you're vetting the people that you're hauling for. Uh, and one of the best ways to do, I know one of the things that we used to talk about back in the heyday when freights were when rates were really great, you know, we really didn't have, uh, we really didn't discriminate who we were hauling for at that time. We would just about take, you know, we would sign as many, uh, uh, get in bed with just about as many brokers as we possibly could get in bed with it. Uh, but, but sometimes if you can limit the list of brokers that you're actually dealing with and, and kind of, uh, get those relationships established with some with some really good brokers and, and some people that can load you on a consistent basis. That can help you. Uh, that can help. You know, nothing's going to be foolproof other than what we've talked about before. But that could definitely insulate you a little bit when you got that uh, relationship there and you got a track record established with that particular company or broker. Uh, anything that you want to add to that, Chuck? That we might need to. Uh, Rico, you sure know what? You, you hit the. You hit the nail on the head there. A couple things. Uh, number one, uh, if you can, everybody, try to deal with people that are members of the TIA. Um, it, it's a pretty good organization. They do a darn good job of vetting their members. Uh, if, they've, if they're members of, uh, of the Transport Intermediate uh, Intermediaries Association, there's a darn good chance that you're going to get paid. Um, there's so many, and there always has been this velocity of people coming in and going out. And, you know, especially in this market, because there's a couple of things that, that are happening at the same time. There are so many different people out there that are offering brokerage services. 
and you know the shippers are getting inundated and so what's happening is the rates are getting cut the percentages that the brokers get are getting cut some of the brokers are trying to operate on razor thin margins and they can't uh they you know you can you can operate on uh an eight percent uh margin on produce because your average load of produce is you know two or three thousand dollars sometimes even more but when you're getting into ltl and you're getting into uh even full loads that pay seven or eight hundred dollars and you're working on eight percent my god your office costs are more than that so and that's what happens to some of these organizations other ones just start out with the sole intention of pulling off a scam and that's what they do they'll run them for a year or two and then they have a whole bunch of money in the bank and they just abscond with it. And that's our money. And we all work too damn hard to have it taken from us. So be selective who you haul for. I think it's really important if you're going to deal with brokers, you know, have a relationship with them. Rather than deal with, you know, 50 brokers, deal with five. But be their first call. Be the guy they go to because they know that they can get their load picked up on time, delivered on time, and do the extra. You know, don't like act like those buffoons on shipping wars. You know, call them when you pick it up. Call them when you deliver it. Uh, send them over the POD immediately. Do things like that. They'll load you every time. Treat those brokers like you would a customer, but get better ones. And leave the bag ones, the guys on that list, leave them alone. You don't want to go near them. You're better off to come home empty than you are to be hauling freight that's costing you to pick up and costing you to deliver and probably costing you more in fuel, even if it's going back to your hometown, than if you're going back empty. At least when you're going back empty, you know what you did and you know how much money you spent. Uh, you, you know how much you have coming in. When you think you have a check coming in for, you know, $5,000 or, or whatever it is that a broker owes you and you find out that you've gotten ripped off, it's an awful feeling. It's happened to us many times. So, yes, be selective, right. on, be selective on granting credit. You're lending somebody money, everybody. When we give credit, we lend people money. So not only are you lending Absolutely. the money, you're doing work for them. So be careful who you lend Absolutely. money to. And we are into the home stretch. Hours are just flying by. We got about uh, eight minutes left in the show. So if wow. you got any questions, you definitely want to get in. <laughs> you definitely want to get in. Press the number one if you got a question. If you want to get a, get a hold of Chuck and get a question in to him, uh, definitely try to take advantage of that while we still have him on board. With we have a little bit of time left, um, and it, it amazes me. We have great listenership and calls, and I definitely want to send uh, shouts out to everyone that takes time out of their busy schedule to take time to listen, tune in, download the podcast, and listen. We definitely appreciate you guys, uh, you know, supporting the show. Uh, but hey, we are—we like I said, we this is not a one-way street. We definitely welcome your participation. So don't be afraid to, uh, you know, the the only silly question or the the stupid question. I get a ton of questions. People send me different messages on Facebook and everything. But this is why we do the show. This is an opportunity for you 
to come on and, and say what it is that's on your mind because, you know, you may have a follow-up or something that I may not even be thinking about. And we definitely benefit from the community as a whole because you may bring something to the table that, like I said, that no one is even considering. And, and so don't devalue what it is, the thought that may be going through your mind. The only stupid question is the one that's not asked. So definitely if you got a question or something to get in, get in and, and, and take advantage of it. And boy, why did I say that? We, we now now we got the line lit up. So let's go ahead and take advantage of. It. <laughs> okay, let's, let's grab it. Bruce really quick. <laughs> let's grab Bruce real quick. Bruce, you're up and on with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hey, good evening, Rico and Chuck. How are you guys tonight? We're great. Hey, good, Rico, I uh, just picked up the phone when you were given the name of those brokers that are in trouble with. Where is your source of that information? The reason I ask is a couple of guys' names that you read off are people that historically have had stellar reputations, and it's sort of surprising to me that they would be on a list for non-payment. Uh, there's an attorney that's a, that, has, that runs a collection agency that sends information out. And What's the name of it, Rico? Report, um, I'm trying to get, let me try and get, back, get back to the, I think that is the attorney, uh, Bruce, and also the report that I'm reading as well, if you have the pro level on either DAT and also truckstop.com, they have a, uh, an alert system, and all you have to do is go up on the creditors, up on the credit. And there should be a complete list there. I'm I'm reading that the one that I read tonight. I actually pulled that one directly off of truckstop.com. Uh, comes directly off of their credit alerts uh, monitoring system. Oh, are you there, Bruce? Well, I think we lost him. Oh man, we we, uh, we might have lost Bruce. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think what may have happened, let's make sure. I don't know if Bruce, for some kind of reason, Bruce's mic might have went back off. Bruce, are you there? Yeah, there we we got you. Okay. All right, did you get that? that? Yeah, I got your information. The question I was going to ask is, are these uh, non-payments because of something wrong with the load and the broker's withholding payment, or are these actual people that have gone through all the different collection procedures and they're not being paid. I mean, you know, why? Uh, can I interject here, uh, Rico? I'm going to guess if sure. bonds are being canceled, this is a lot deeper situation than a, um, than a freight claim. Because we've had okay. situations where somebody has done something really stupid and cooked a load of produce and not paid them. And I once ended up on one of those uh, those alert lists and got to the bottom of it, and it was because somebody cooked a load of produce. But nobody's touched my bond, obviously. Uh, we're in great standing with, with our bond company. Um, if the bond companies are not pulling anybody's bond uh, because of freight claims, these are because non legitimate non-payments where... Okay. Somebody hasn't paid their bills. Okay. And as soon as as soon as bonds are being pulled, there there's a reason. 
Right. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right, Chuck. When it goes to that, when it goes all the way to that level, it it it's serious. Because yeah, normally, companies, yeah. uh, no, no, normally when you contact a bond company, I know that some situations that I've had, when I've contacted a bond company about someone not paying me, when I, as soon as I contacted them within uh, 30 minutes, that, that broker was on my phone calling me, giving me a check number that it was in the mail or, yeah. giving, or, or giving, me a, giving me an express code. Uh, yeah, that, exactly. That, it's, it's, it's that serious. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine a, uh, you know, a humongous organization like C.H. Robinson, for example, that are moving tens of thousands of loads a year, and how many loads get cooked, and they're not paying them for those, you know, for those on those loads, and you know they're in good standing with their bond company. So it's it has nothing to do with anything else but these people. Uh, that are listed are are not paying their bills. There's a cash flow problem somewhere. Right. Well, that was right. I, yeah, I, I guess that was just. I mean, a couple of names you read off there. I mean, and that surprises me because you know they were, they have in the past been stellar companies, and I think, you know, just wondering. There's you know, been a lot of stellar companies that have gone right. under. Okay. Remember um, Enron? <laughs> yeah. There, and, and, and I and I say that I say that jokingly, but Enron, if, if I'm not sure of how many people actually noticed, but Enron actually had a trucking company. And when they were getting ready to go out, there are some there are some stories floating around about how uh, they they uh, they 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 actually tried to profit some make some money off of that trucking uh the, the trucking side of that company uh right right as the doors were closing as well. <laughs> well Smartest Chuck, guys you know, in the room. <laughs> yeah. Now Chuck, you made an interesting comment a little while ago where you said you're extending credit to these people. And my dad for years was the president of the board of directors of the bank where our family has done business for over a hundred years. And he warned me, he said, Bruce, if you ever, don't ever, ever haul more freight for anybody than what you're willing to lose. Because he said, in the matter of a bankruptcy, and the bank has been through some bankruptcies with some business people in the community, he said the secured loans stand ahead of the unsecured loan. That's right. And he says, freight is one of the last unsecured loans that will ever be paid because you didn't really lose that much dollars per transaction, typically. And so yeah, they don't know. The bankruptcy courts... I'm going to interrupt just real quickly because we got about 60 seconds left. Don't worry. If you got a question in, we're going to get to you. We're going to go into overtime. I just want to make sure that I get this portion out right before we get ready to go off the air. We want to definitely make sure that you tune in every Tuesday to uh, Trucking with Authority. That's Kenny Long's show. Uh, it's every Tuesday at the same time, seven o'clock. Uh, also, you want to make sure that we want to give thanks and kudos out to the entire Less Truck team. They help us to bring the show to you and make it possible for us to bring the show to you every Wednesday at seven p.m. Uh, also, catch the other podcast, Destination Health and uh, Rolling Toe with Mike Beckett, that comes out on every Sunday at, at uh Every Sunday at 9 p.m., I believe it is, 9 or 8 p.m. But uh, you definitely 
subscribe to the text. Thank you to Kevin, Lisa Ruffa, and the entire Lex Truck team for helping us make this show possible. This is Rico Muhammad, and this is the Racing Lanes Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we just wanted to make sure we got that on before we actually went off the air. Let me go back to Bruce. Let Bruce wrap this up, and then we'll go to uh, got West and Sam. We're coming to you straight away in just a second. All right, Bruce, I'll let you wrap that one up, and we'll move on. Uh-oh. Let's see. Do we got you back, Bruce, yet? Can you hear me now? There we go. Oh, we're good yeah, now. We got, we got you in there now. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, a freight bill is an unsecured loan, just like Chuck said earlier. And in the case of a business bankruptcy, the secured loans don't get covered 100% typically because a person wouldn't be in bankruptcy if they didn't have more debts than they have assets typically. And so... You know, don't extend more credit than you're willing to lose to any one well person or, or, or brokers. Absolutely. Well said. Absolutely. All right, Bruce, where, where, are you, where are you traveling at this, uh, this fine day? Well, I am in uh, Montgomery, New York. I loaded here the other day, and I'm looking for a loadout, and I'm, I'm struggling trying to find something that pays more than a buck a mile going back west out of the greater New York City area, so. Hey, you might you might have to move out of that out of that eastern portion. Come come uh, southeast first, and then try to jump back out that way. You might yeah, have a, you might have a little bit more success trying to move yeah, take, southeast. Yeah, you know what? I would just take one of those dollar mile loads. Get uh, you know, get out of there, get into uh, a better paying freight uh, freight zone, and then go from there. Well, you know, I I looked at a couple loads today, and there was a load going to Cheyenne, Wyoming, for a buck a mile on eighteen hundred miles. Oh no 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 no! You, <laughs> you, first of all, you do that, you, that's suicide because that's a dead freight area. I know. What you do with those dollar mile loads is you take them into a uh, the the nearest hotbed of freight. So I'm just saying, if there were, uh, if you can get a few hundred bucks to reposition your truck into, let's just say, for a bad example. Um, Baltimore, Maryland, if there was a ton of freight from there going to Chicago or the Midwest that paid really well, well, then that starts the ball rolling. Yeah. No, but, I, you know, I understand right. that. I just... I wouldn't go to Cheyenne, Wyoming, out of no. New York for... I'd want and, two and, bucks a mile minimum. And the Denver was the same way, you know, 1,500 mile, mile run for $1,600, you know, that was Oh, just, my God. And, and they I were just... I can tell you that in... Uh, 42 years I've been in the trucking business. I can count the number of loads we've loaded in Denver on one hand. <laughs> yeah, zero. <laughs> well, no, I think we loaded about five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Well, hey, Rico, have a good evening, Chuck. Thanks always for your information, and we'll keep well, listening. calling, Bruce. Calling in again. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, Bruce. And let's move on and let's grab Wes. Wes, you're up and on board with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Uh, yes, sir. Good evening. Uh, Good I'll just evening. give you a quick rundown. I've had my authority for eight months now. I started out with a uh, dispatching service, rented a reaper. Quickly found out no, nobody wanted to deal with me. I only had a one month on the MC. So I got out of that, went with U.S. blank truck, did their power-only stuff for about six months. I did so-so, and the freight started to fall off, and I kept hearing no freight, no freight, no freight. Uh, we can't get you home, we can't get you home, can't complain or go somewhere else. I went somewhere else, went to 
J.P. Blanks, and uh, I'm over here now doing the power only carrier, and I'm thinking about buying a trailer. I live in near Tallahassee, Florida, and I'm just debating on, um, I'm, I'm looking to work directly with the CH, uh, uh, the Cheap and Heavy, they have an office out in Tallahassee, and just uh, direct with my own trailer. Do you guys have any suggestions? I, you know, I want to have a responsibility to my family. I want to get home and have a life and make an income also. Do you have any any suggestions for me? As far as what type of trailer to buy or what to do? Yes, yeah, sir, both. Uh, I'm looking for a drive-in trailer probably, and I don't know. I well, and it's right. You know what? All, all due respect, Wes, um, you know, you're going to go buy a drive-in trailer and you're in Tallahassee, um, it's you at best you're going to uh you'll you may make a living at best unless you can uh do something and, and go from Tallahassee to somewhere that nobody else wants to go to within a short distance let's say about 300 miles maybe build some sort of an LTL route and do some partials within yep. 300 miles yep. of where you are let's say from Tallahassee to Jacksonville or something along those lines yeah, um, that, that'll work. I've actually, I, yeah, I've got, a, I've got an idea, um, especially in that area, uh, that Tallahassee area. You're, you're kind of down there in that Gulf Coast region. You may want to, uh, and Chuck, you might be able to advise. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm, this is just an idea. You and, and I'm, I'm advisingly throwing this out there with, with Chuck to maybe help clean it up a little bit if I'm off base. But you may want to look into with your own authority. Uh, Stand about getting into the uh, doing some port work with the uh, with your own authority, depending upon what it is that you're looking at as far as uh, the revenue that you want to create. I think that you might be able to do halfway decent if you got a Twit car. You, I mean, you're right there at the ports with Mobile and all of that stuff right there in that area, uh, and maybe even a couple of the rail yards. If you get into the UIA, um, UIA, uh, I think it's UIIA. Uh, Dot org. If you go and check them out, if you get involved with them and, and start maybe moving, there may be an opportunity to be had there with some intermodal moves, um, and and you may not have to uh, you may not have to go out and buy a trailer. You you, you get a part of their uh, equipment agreement with those yeah, guys. Yeah, they have an inter- cast the interchange uh, pool. Right. And that may yeah, be, that, pre- that may actually be a viable way for you to uh, to, to to do that and, and get the and create the home time that you may be trying that you, that that, that I, I think I hear that you're talking about that you want to achieve. Yeah, that's right. That's that's what I like to achieve. You're hearing right. Um, I went and got my Twit card just to get it, but uh, I've been looking around like on Craigslist, different places, and uh, for putting those intermodals, most of them guys pay dirt cheap. You know, it's like ninety-two cents a mile and I'm not saying I'm not saying go and lease on with anybody. You have your own authority. If you have your own authority, you get you can go in there as as your own carrier, not not leasing on to any of the outfits that are there. You become uh, a competitor of the carriers, got, right? They they got to get their cut as well. But you are you can you go in and do your own thing. You can go to the steamship companies as a carrier, right? You go okay, directly, so what container ship, what container ship companies you talking about? That um, a couple, for example, that I could go if, to and check if, out. If, if if you go to UIIA 
dot org. I'm going to try to put that link up on the on the Facebook page. Uh, if you go there, and there's a video up. They, if you go to their website, they got a video on, on their website that can help you walk you through that whole thing. And you can you can determine. Uh, basically, you just have to make sure that you have. Uh, I think it's trailer interchange on your insurance. I think you have to have somewhere in the ballpark of maybe like a thirty thousand uh, dollars trailer interchange on your insurance, which sure. that's is not no going to cost you a lot. And um, and you, once you got that and you get involved in, the, in their chassis pool agreement, then I, I I think that you know that might be a viable option to get what it is that you're wanting to get, and and that doesn't put you in the ballpark of actually uh, working for any other intermodal company. You create your own. You are your own company, and, and there's a bigger piece of the pie there to be had. And you still, and you may be able to gain the uh, home time that you're talking about that you're wanting to get on a consistent basis. Just an idea, just something that you may want to throw out, and, and you may even want to consider doing that anyway, just to have something to supplement yourself. Uh, you know, doing some doing some uh, lean times. But I know that. Right there in that area, where especially coming out of Mobile, there's a lot of stuff coming out of Mobile, uh, out of the ports over that way, um, and that's that's a really a, a port heavy area. I mean, you're right there in the Gulf Coast, so you know there's some opportunities definitely to, to be had right there. Um, and and you start talking around and, and talking to some people in your backyard there, and you may be able to come up on something uh, with a, with a lot of stuff coming in with these imports and things like that. So, like I say, I'm putting it out there. So, Chuck, you, you tell me if I'm crazy or I'm, if I'm I think, crazy. Rico, I think that's a brilliant idea. Um, I think that I think there's great great future in that. Um, you know, he's the new guy in town. Why not? I'm sure that um, if Wes goes to a handful of places, they'll they'll talk, somebody's going to talk to him. Uh, it just takes one of those places that keep him so busy, he won't know what to do. Well, that sounds great. And West, I'm, that I'm, sounds like I'm putting that. Yeah, I, I, I gave up on Facebook. What's your What's your Facebook uh, address? I, I just gave up on it years ago. It's taking too much of my time, so I just quit going on it. Um, but I'll go check out that <laughs> link if, if you could tell me what your Facebook is again. It's if you just go to Racing Lanes with Rico Muhammad on Facebook. We have our own okay, our very you. own page for the show on there. And we'll and I'm I'm going to post that link right now to the UIIA uh, up on that page right there. So you can go there and there's there's some tutorials on there. There are videos that they posted on there. So that may be a viable option for you. And that is up and available right now. I'm, I'm posting it as we speak on that page. Okay, so appreciate I got it. Got it on there. Not a problem. Thank you for the call. And Thank let's you, see Sam. here. Let's go and yes, sir. Let's go and grab Sam and get ready to wrap this thing up. Sam, you're up and on board live with Rico and Chuck. How can we help? Hi. Uh, good evening, uh, Rico and Chuck. Um, I just wanted to see if if you can recommend a uh, a software for a small company, small carrier. Um, I've been searching Ooh. and looking for a good software, <laughs> and it, it it's kind of tough. They got so many of them. How many trucks are you running, Sam? Three, but I'm looking to expand, and that's why okay. I need a good software. The best one I've seen for guys your size, and I don't know if they do it down there, but up here, uh, the Canadian counterpart to DAT, which is Link Logistics, they offer. Do they? I don't know if they do that. If DAT does that in the U.S., if they have a software program, 
um, that's really something they provide. They they can uh, they provide the whole thing. Um, I know that they're like doing they, one for. Um, I know that they're doing one for um, the brokers. Uh, they stick up. They sent me uh, some some stuff in the mail. Um, over the last couple of weeks, um, but the the one the definitely you may want to check out if you are using Internet Truck Stop. Uh, ITS has a dispatcher uh, system uh, that's uh, fairly popular. Uh, Internet Truck Stop has a dispatching system that's integrated. Uh, I think it integrates right directly in with their load board. Um, there's also, if you are a member of NASTIC, uh, NASTIC has uh, programming. Depending upon how many trucks that you may have, it may get a little pricey. Um, they have a, a, a program called Mystic. That's If you have NASTIC, it's integrated with their fuel card, so all of your um, information is ported directly into, uh, from the fuel card, is ported directly into it, and it's got the accounting system and all that stuff kind of built into it. Uh, there's also another company called, jeez uh, Louise, um, I want to say, ooh, I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but I, but I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I'll try and grab maybe a couple of links for that as well, and maybe later on, and I'll try and post them to the uh, Facebook page as well. There, But there are a slew of companies that provide the um, the uh, you know the whole back office thing with the uh, dispatching support and all of that stuff. There's a there's a slew of different companies out there, and you you know um, matter of fact, I think um, I'll see if I can grab maybe grab the article from Overdrive Magazine because I think that they did uh, a great piece. Uh, guy Ty Deals, we've had him on the show before from Overdrive Magazine. Uh, he did a, a great piece once before, and they were kind of vetting all the different uh, different ones that were out there and, you know, give you some different choices. So I'll, I'll see if I can't find that story in Overdrive, and uh, that may be a, a good resource to you. That way you have all of the company's links in one place, and you can read that story that they did on uh, on the uh, different um, trucking office, back office suppliers that are out there. Sam, so uh, I can, where are you yeah. based out of? Out of Michigan. Okay. If there's a truck show coming up in your area, you know, let's say in Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, if there's any coming up, uh, you just missed the uh, the mats, but if there's maybe a smaller, more regional show, uh, there may be some exi- local exhibitors. Um, and if you're getting it, the, if you can, sometimes it works. Um, if, you, if there's a local company that's supplying... Uh, this type of software, uh, sometimes if you're growing and you need constant help and, uh, and it's somebody starting out, it, sometimes it can work out really well to latch on to someone like that. It's just as an okay. alternative. Okay. Yep, I appreciate the advice. And if you can uh, post that link, I'll, I'll, I'll really appreciate it. Yes, sir. And For the... Uh, Trying to find it right now. Thank you. I'm looking Good night. Good luck to you. Right appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up. We uh, Off of the air, of course, we went into a little bit of overtime. 
Uh, Chuck Snow, we got a couple people still listening in. You want to – I didn't get a chance to get to, to give you the plug on air, but while we got people listening in, if anybody want to contact you, um, need By all means, you can email, like me, e- email me at Chuck, C-H-U-C-K, at traffics, T-R-A-F-F-I-X dot com. Uh, you can call me if you want, 800 388 4352. My extension is 203. I have uh, I have loads all over the U.S. Interstate loads that we tender out, uh, as well as loads to and from Canada. And if I can help anybody out there, uh, this industry has been phenomenal to my family and I, and this gives me an opportunity to give back. So I'm willing to help anybody out there that needs a hand with any advice. My advice may not always be perfect but it certainly comes from my heart and from my head because I've been in this game uh, going to be 42 years in October. Wow, wow. And Chuck, we definitely appreciate you coming on. Like I say, you are, you're kind of our resident mentor, uh, our go-to guy when it comes to not just talking about the practical applications of things, but actually real-world experience that you know that's so valuable. Uh, we're just not talking from a... From a uh, a book or a on paper, this is the way it's supposed to work on paper. We actually, you know, we depend on you for real-world analysis and real-world experience that you can kind of help give to us and guide us in the right direction to try and grow and um, expand our company. So we definitely appreciate, you know, you taking time out of your busy schedule to help and provide that information to us. Well, I enjoy doing it, Rico. It's, it's a real honor to be able to give back and, and be with you for this fast hour, hour and a half. It always goes by like lightning. Yes, it does. And, and of course, everyone that's listening in, of course, we appreciate you. Uh, thanks again for taking time out of your busy schedule. Tell somebody, tell a friend. Uh, we'd love to have more and more new listeners that uh, we might be able to help out so that we can try to help and change and expand this industry and help arm people with more and more knowledge so that we can get this thing, get this ship turned around and get this thing going in the right direction. So with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you. God bless you. Good night. Be safe out there, everybody. Take care of yourselves and your family. Good night, Rico. Good night, everyone. Good night, Chuck. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-PUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.